0: I don't think I've preached for a long time and then suddenly twice close in a row, so apologies <laughs> to do that. But it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, I, uh, I was reading this very interesting story um, about, uh, well, first of all, let me just say that last night and said that the European lottery was won again by a UK citizen, 42 million pounds. I don't know what one does with that kind of money. It's, it's quite overwhelming. But uh, I heard of the story of uh, a while ago where someone won the lottery and they, well, they had their tickets and they went to the lottery office. This was a long time ago and the number was put up in the window of the lottery office and they saw it was their number and they walked away and they were so excited and they walked around the block thinking, oh, what am I going to do with all that money? And they were thinking and planning in their head, and they went back to the lottery office with their ticket and saw that the number had changed. And uh, the guy went to the, the lady at the office, and he said, um, sorry, but there was a different number in here a, a few minutes ago. And she said, oh, yes, I made a mistake. I put the wrong number up. Well, his uh, despair at that was as much as his elation had been in the first place. Um, And what I want to talk about today is something about disappointment Um, that happens to all of us. There are times in our lives where we experience incredible disappointment. Um, Sadly, it's a part of life, and it comes in all kinds of forms and degrees. Um, It can range from your team losing the big game, and some people can feel very um, gutted about that, But um, it could be something really serious in our lives, like maybe not getting the job or the promotion that we had hoped for. It may be sometimes when a marriage might come to an end or relationships or friendships break. Um, It can be related to your child or your health or even the church or politics. How many of us have been disappointed with politicians, with finances, or maybe even the way someone has behaved towards you? And uh, disappointment can also involve your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations that don't always work out the way that you that you that you wished or looked to, and it can in fact affect every part of your life. And I, if I had to ask a show of hands here of someone who's never been disappointed, I don't think I'd get any hands raised. But if I had to ask who of you've had experienced something of that, it's very very real. And uh, I think when I was trying to look at a very simple definition of disappointment, I found this one. It says, the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. And disappointments usually involve some form of loss or a feeling of rejection, um, betrayal, failed expectations, maybe sometimes there's a sense of your own sense of self-blame that you've, you've let yourself down. And uh, I think, depending on how one reacts to disappointments, it can affect your moods, it can affect your behavior, it can affect your attitude to those around you and your relationships. It's a very, very powerful thing. I found it interesting reading a bit of a study on how our brain works. And uh, if you had to imagine a graph going up and down in sort of spikes, it's interesting that we tend to remember the, the highs in our life, the, the wonderful moments that were wonderful celebratory things. If you think back to your childhood, you probably can remember very happy times. But then the other things that stick into our mind are our very discouraging times, the low points in our lives. And I was kind of thinking of, I remember when I was maybe three or four and my mom met through this beautiful birthday party for me and it still sticks in my mind what a lovely party it was and then I remember the time I shared a birthday with uh, another little boy and because we had our birthday on the same day my mom made a lovely cake but his was magnificent and I remember being disappointed about my cake and then I remember um in, in my equivalent A-level year, a year thinking I was aiming for all these A's and I didn't get them, so actually that's a down, down not an upward one. And I remember um, the day my dad bought me a car. That was another time he bought me a car, and that was so amazing. But then I remember the time I parked it in a dodgy area and it got stolen. That sticks in my mind as well. And I remember the day I got my first job, so excited as a new teacher going into the job. Um, at an arts and drama school teaching English. And then I remember two weeks later being made redundant because they were doing teacher cutbacks. That was a low, a low in my life. And I suppose we all have those kind of spikes and, and downs in our lives of hopes and then disappointments. But I want to just us to take a minute. I know usually when we have a sermon, it's me speaking or the person in front speaking. But I would like you to take just one minute... And if you could share with the person next to you a disappointment that you've had in your life. But obviously, if you feel it's too heart-wrenching, you can share what's comfortable for you. But maybe even this past week, maybe you've had a disappointment. Why don't you just take a time, just quickly, maybe you need to lean back or just grab someone and share a disappointment that you've had. Okay, I know, I know that sometimes... Um, Sharing something of a disappointment can be a, a hard thing, but it sounds like for most of you, you're able, to, you've got some conversation going, which is good. <laughs> um, so, if I can draw your attention back again, I'd like to just talk about maybe sometimes some of the symptoms we can experience when we're undergoing a disappointment, and often that can be. A symptom that you're feeling disappointed can be feelings of anger or frustration. And that can sometimes not be manifest necessarily in a very angry outburst. It could be like a passive aggression where you just resist and you you stubbornly stand your ground because you feel disappointed and you just hold back on people. That can also be a form of of anger. I, I like to think of it like this. If this is your level of expectation, And this is the reality of what happened. That difference between the two is your your measure of disappointment. And that can often be the measure of your anger, where you just feel that this is what I I thought would happen, and this is my experience. And so often we have to deal with what happens in between our disappointments. Another symptom of feeling disappointment disappointed can be hurt or even self-pity that can start to feel like you've had a hard lot in life and that's why did you get the cards dealt to you that you've had dealt and you can start to look inward and say I'm you know it's not fair that my life turned out this way and that can be a, a symptom of disappointment and then do you think of that um that verse that's so wise in scripture it says hope deferred makes the heart grow sick And sometimes when you just feel like you're never getting a breakthrough, disappointment after disappointment, you're waiting and you're waiting. It says, the Bible says that kind of thing can eventually make your heart grow sick. You just become despairing and discouraging. And then I think another symptom of disappointment is cynicism and a lack of trust, where you just start to be cynical about when people sing songs about God loving you, you just think, oh, yeah, right. Is that really true? And it just becomes a little bit of a hardness and a, a, a kind of a wariness of people and, and of pushing into relationships. And then the last one is maybe a symptom of being closed or withdrawn. So that when, when people try to engage in, with you, you just keep them at a distance because it's actually too painful because you've been disappointed so many times. And so these things are very, very real. And I I think that sometimes they're little warning signs. Our feelings are not good or bad, but our feelings are little indicators to us of maybe things that we're dealing with or experiencing deep down inside. And I hope today that if you felt disappointments in the past or maybe you're going through something at the moment that has been hard for you, my prayer is that this morning God will set you free, God will bring you into a place of healing and a place where you can actually find that that wholeness in, in yourself again. Um, the thing I wanted to also start before I look at something else is You know, we might ask this question before you became a Christian, for those of you who who know God, you might say, well, I could understand why I had disappointments then. I can understand why people let me down because actually those those people didn't know God and they didn't love God. That makes sense to me. And I can understand why I did some silly things because I didn't know God and I didn't have his strength within me. And... uh, but you know, the strange thing is, is that we sometimes need to ask the question, why are we especially surprised when as Christians we experience disappointment? Because disappointment doesn't stop just because you get saved, because you become a Christian. It's, it's still part of the reality of, of who we are in our lives. And I was just thinking and praying, and I felt God show me these three reasons why we are surprised at being disappointed. Almost, can I say, we're disappointed about being disappointed as Christians. And um, I want to say, for me, I was thinking about it, and I think one of the reasons is sometimes that we have a very poor theology. And... uh, I can almost say it's like this. We don't have a Trinitarian theology. We don't have an understanding of the whole of the Trinity. So we try to focus on aspects of the Trinity, but we need to understand the fullness of God. And sometimes when we we just focused on God as Father, then we can start to want Him to be our sugar daddy, and He's got to meet all our needs. He's our good daddy, and He doesn't do any harm to us, and that's how we only want to see God. Uh, I think of a time when um, Jimmy Carter was asked, um, does God answer your prayers, the, the American former American president? And he says, oh, yes, God always answers my prayers. Sometimes he answers yes, sometimes he answers no, and sometimes he says, you've got to be kidding. And uh, I think sometimes we struggle with that side of God when he says, actually, there's something else I'm at work here, and it doesn't always go our way. And then sometimes we have a view of where we focus maybe, and that's for those of us who are based in a reformed theology, we're so good in our understanding of God the Father, and we're brilliant in our understanding of Jesus and the cross, but we actually don't want anything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit, that he's part of our healing, he's part of the process of bringing a wholeness into our life and walking alongside us. And then we can err on the side where God is only the Holy Spirit, And uh, then what happens there, sadly, is that um, what it produces is experience-dependent, immature Christians where we only go from one experience to the next, never rooting ourselves in the solidness of God's Word and, and understanding what He's about. So I want to say that sometimes... Why we are surprised by disappointment is our theology is lacking and we need to have a wholeness, a whole roundedness in loving the whole of the Godhead. And linked to that is also having an understanding of the whole counsel of God in his word. It's not picking out our favorite verses. It's actually wrestling with the hard verses. It's wrestling with the things that make us uncomfortable because that's what's going to get us through disappointment and tough times. So that's what I was thinking was one of the reasons we're disappointed that we get disappointed. And then the second one I was thinking is a lack of honesty and vulnerability. Uh, I love what Billy Graham said. He said, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have my moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, help me. And that's a great man of God, Billy Graham, said that. The Christian life is not a life of constant highs. And it's a challenge. Are we always triumphalist in our speech? Do we never say, I'm struggling? Or can we never say, I have some doubts about things? Can we never say, I really battle with temptation in that area? Are we not allowed to say those things in church? Because actually then people will say, well, are you a real Christian? Um, We can have a fake Christianity sometimes. We can put on smiles and masks and pretend to be the perfect Christians. But I don't think that's the kind of church that Jesus Intends or wants us to be. He wants us to be able to talk honestly about the things that we're struggling with, the things that we're wrestling with, the times when we feel like completely insecure in who God is and who, who, who he's called us to be. Um, and I'm not talking about being totally undiscerning and throwing off restraint and just being sharing your, your deepest things with anybody, I'm talking about in covenantal friendships and relationships that there's place where you can actually work through the things that are difficult in your life and in my life. And uh, I was thinking sometimes we can create those things by um, even teaching things that actually put the standard up here. In a way, that makes people feel that they, they can't live up to it. And actually, if they're not, they never admit it. So if we say to our young people, you should never get drunk, because if you get drunk, you, you're not a Christian. I mean, I don't think anyone says that. But, but it shouldn't, wouldn't it be much more helpful to say, you know, when I was young and I got drunk... It was a terrible experience and I really learned not to depend on alcohol to cope with my problems. Wouldn't that be much more liberating to a young person just to be real about your own struggle and actually to say um, we all struggle. I I think of like evangelism and we, 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 we planted the church how many years ago? I am so terrible at evangelism. It's the thing that freaks me out is going to share my faith and we're supposed to be helping people to share their faith. And that's the thing that I don't find easy and natural. I've got to summon up every ounce of courage in me to do that. And it's not because I don't love God. It's not because I don't believe in the truth of the gospel. It's because it just... It is just intimidating for me. And so, you know, maybe we can set people free by sharing the things that we wrestle with as well as the things that we have victory in. If we're always about victory, 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 then people can never have space to say, I'm not doing well. Actually, I'm struggling. And that also creates a space where we don't have to get disappointed with ourselves and with each other. And then I thought of the third thing. Sorry. The third reason why we can be surprised at disappointment is because sanctification is a process. We're on a journey. Christians aren't perfect. They, they are forgiven. You and I are not perfect, but we are forgiven. I'm not talking about a kind of a cheap Grace, which says, oh, I'll carry on living however I like. um, I don't give a thought for others. I'm talking about when Jesus says, don't judge others or you too will be judged and the measure that you use will be used against you. Um, He says, stop looking at that speck in your brother's eye when actually you've got a big plank in your own eye. Those were Jesus' words. He said, go and deal with your own heart and then you'll be able to help your brother. Because I, I really believe we're called to be patient with each other. So when we are disappointed with someone, I think often given another situation, with another circumstances, we too might have behaved ungraciously or insincerely or whatever. And it's a very funny thing to me. Why is it in human nature that we're very happy to dish out cruel condemnation on others, and sit in judgment on their motives. But with ourselves, we are most gracious and forgiving. It's an irony, here how we work. And I believe that God wants us to be those that extend grace to one another. And, uh, you know, I'm on a journey. I know, I know I've disappointed people. I don't even have to ask if I have. I've, I know I have, just by the fact of being human. And uh, But we're all on a journey. And just as we have ask God for grace for our journey and our process, we need to say, God, help me to have grace for my my friend or my brother or sister for what they're going through and their journey. It's a little by little we'll get there. Okay, so if that's some of the things why we can get surprised while there's disappointment, I want to just chat about three areas that we can often experience disappointment in. And the first one is in terms of we experience disappointment with ourselves. I'm sure for each of you there's been a time when you just feel, I've let myself down. I found this quote by a guy called Louis Palau. I don't know who he is, but it's a good quote. And he said, God is not disillusioned with us. He never had any illusions to begin with. So that's quite comforting. God is not disillusioned with us. He never had any illusions to begin with. I found this story about Lynn Hybels. You know the the pastor of Willow Creek Church, Bill Hybels? Um, One day she kind of had this revelation of God. She had always grown up thinking he was this tyrant who was out to nail her. And uh, she felt God say to her, I wasn't the one cracking the whip the one telling you to work harder, the one who made you feel guilty when you relaxed. I was the one who saw you, who knew you, and who believed in you. I was the one who was trying to love you. And as God ministered to her and just gave her this new revelation of who he was, there was something in her that broke, and she said there was a new liberty in her life. But I want to say that very sadly... Many Christians live under a constant condemnation from the accuser that we are nothing more than an ongoing disappointment to God. So many Christians think, I'm just an ongoing disappointment to God. I never seem to please Him. I never seem to get it right. And uh, so often that insecurity, together with our propensity to find rules and laws to live by, means that we have a checklist that we develop. We say, I'm a disappointment to God, and I've got a checklist of things that I've got to tick off to make sure that I'm a good follower of Jesus. If I have a quiet time, then God is pleased with me, and he'll answer my prayers. But if I haven't, I, I don't know that I can pray with a real openness, because will God really hear me? And that's not a new problem, because as we did that wonderful study of Galatians, that's what Paul was speaking about. He says, he says, you foolish Galatians, he says, you who began with the Spirit, why are you ending in the flesh? Why are you falling back into into leg, uh, regulations and legalism to help you cope with your life? You see, so many of us carry deep shame at things that we did when we were young and foolish. Or maybe shame at the abuse that we suffered at someone else's hands. Or maybe even an ongoing secret life of addictions. Shame can be something that people carry and wear all the time. And trying to find human solutions and guidelines and rules to cope with that shame and that brokenness just doesn't cut it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God in his fullness and power who comes and sets us free, who comes and breaks those bondages and chains. Um, I love the story, uh, Jill. I probably won't explain it as well as you did. But um, when Jill was doing some therapy with people that have scars, she said that you had to rub... Yes. Yes. So she was saying that scar tissue is very sensitive and you would almost not want to touch it because it's so sensitive. But she said what they had to do was actually stimulate the, the scar tissue and rub it so that it actually would learn how to cope with that and eventually it would no longer be sore. And uh, sometimes there's sensitive little scars in our lives. Well, this Places where we are disappointed with ourselves. And just a touch on that, and it can give a reaction. And sometimes God wants to, you feel like, why is he pushing on that scar? Why is he going that way? Why is he pushing on that area? And I want to say it's because he wants to bring healing. He wants to stop that scar from being something that hinders you. Max Lucado, he said this, God loves you just the way that you are but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. There's so many heroes and heroines in the Bible of faith, and uh, they got it wrong, and sometimes exceptionally so. Uh, We can just think of reading the stories of the failures of Peter when he denied Jesus, of Paul and Barnabas, great church leaders who were arguing with each other, of David's affair with Bathsheba, of Jonah's callous indifference to people's salvation. The story is full of people that messed up. And I want to say to the young people here, some of you guys from Fuse, you will mess up in your life. You are gonna mess up. It's part of life. And when you start feeling disappointed with yourself and you feel I'm a I'm a loser. Um, look at me, no one would ever like me. It's okay. It's part of life. It's how we learn that we need God, that we need his forgiveness. And I want to say to those of us who are adults here, the way that we can best help young people cope with that sense of disappointment and help each other deal with disappointment in ourselves is not pretending all the time that we've got it all right. Not pretending that we've always got it together and that we never have to say sorry. Because sometimes saying sorry is the best way of bringing healing and liberty to people. And that sometimes we need to humble ourselves and say, I need help. That is an amazing liber- liber- amazingly liberating thing. God wants to heal your disappointments of yourself. He wants to heal those scars. He wants to stop them being sore. And he's going to do that by his spirit. The reason why I felt to preach this is it's been a prophetic thing that I've, God's been stirring in my heart. And I really believe God wants to, not only through the word being preached, but through the ministry as well. I believe he wants to break things of people. He wants to heal scars. Then the second area that we can experience disappointment is with others. All of us will have faced the crushing blow that comes from disappointment from those around us, even in the church. Uh, Who hasn't heard the story of a celebrity preacher who's maybe fallen into sin and had an affair? And very sadly, um, a a, a friend of ours who leads a very big church church, Um, did just that, had an affair, and it's such a sad thing. You just think, four little kids, it's a devastating situation, and uh, you can feel so disappointed, and the people in that church can feel so let down that someone that they looked to had allowed themselves to get into that position. People disappoint us. What about when churches go through difficult times, and there's slander and backbiting, you think... How could that be happening in a church so unkind? Christians can let us down. And you know what? Christians will let you down. They'll let me down. We will let each other down just as much as you will let someone else down. But that does not mean that God is letting you down. Let's make a discernment between the difference. Because Christians let you down does not mean God has let you down. God forgives us time and time again, and so we need to be able to be easier on our brothers and sisters. A friend once said to me, if I'm not praying for you, how can I stand in judgment and criticize you? Because the irony is this. Once you start praying for someone, and you genuinely are praying for people that disappoint you, God starts to put an incredible love in your heart for them, and you don't want to be vindicated. You actually begin to pray with grace and love towards them. It's a, it's a powerful antidote. People betrayed Jesus. They were fickle and they stopped following him. They called for his death. Christians you look up to may disappoint you. They may not love you in the way that you hoped that they would. But I want to say to you this morning, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Someone might say to you, look, look at what they've done to you. How can you worship a God like that? And you will say, it is true, they did hurt me, but I have learned this lesson. They are not Jesus. And I want to say that Even though we are disappointed, even in those disappointments, God can give us grace to find a space where we can forgive people because the longer we hold on to that, it just kills something inside of us. It's for your own sake that you need to let people go who've disappointed you because we're not just converts to Christ. We are also committed to his community, the church, the beautiful family of God, Of which you and I are a part. And therefore, it's full of imperfections and disappointments. Okay? All of us are part of the disappointment. All of us are part of the imperfections. And so sometimes we like to talk about the church as something out there. No, we, you and me, we all together are the church. And all the churches together are the body of Christ. And God is... Refining and preparing his bride. It's okay. We are going to be disappointed. God has given us every grace that we need to forgive and to restore those relationships. But don't give up on each other because someone's not perfect. Okay. And then just to, I want to, how am I doing for time? I'm a bit long. I'm okay. Okay. So I want to just talk about the last one, which is, Sometimes our offense can be with God. And we don't really like to talk about that, do we? That we get disappointed with God. Um, I read a a prayer that Bart Simpson prayed on Christmas Eve. And his prayer was this. He said, Oh God, if you bring me lots of good stuff tomorrow, I promise not to do anything bad between now and when I wake up. (laughs) Now, Bart's deal with God may make us smile, and perhaps um, it's not just an issue for kids. Because could it be that unwittingly living our lives, we have this unspoken belief that we have a secret deal with God? A secret deal with God. And it goes something like this God, I will follow you, serve and love you, but in return, You will look after me. A little pain, some persecution that doesn't get too nasty, and minor family traumas are all accepted as part of my sanctification. But that's it. No failing marriages, children who turn their backs on on the church, illnesses that kill those I love, or redundancies that don't lead to a fulfilling job. That's not part of the deal. Have you ever heard those words, if there was a God who loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen? (laughs) Archie Kendall, who is our wonderful friend that's visited our church so many times, he says, all of us at some point have to deal with the seeming betrayal of God. That God seems to betray us. And I want to say that is the heart of the story of the book of Job. How will Job's love for God hold up when it seems that God is not keeping his end of the bargain? God's got to do his thing. He's loving, surely. Um, this, there's another quote I find by a guy called Clyde Billingsley. And he says, how much discouragement can you take for God? What would it take for you to quit your service to the Lord? When life is good, we believe, even praise God. But when trouble comes, we may struggle dreadfully, struggle dreadfully. Rob Parsons tells of a Christian leader who had been so blessed in so many areas, and then he came into a really tough time. His church struggled, and everything in his ministry seemed to be falling apart. And his wife said to Rob, You know, I must say one thing about my husband. He's not the man that he used to be now that things are tough. You know, and I think sometimes we try to perform what I call theological gymnastics in an effort to try and explain away the fact that God seems to have let us down. We seem to think that it's our responsibility to make God look good. We don't need to protect God. There's a thing that God is doing that goes deeper than just having our needs met. It's so hard to explain. We have to be prepared for the fact that all of us will have a time when God doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we want. And the Bible is full of such stories from Job to Abraham to Samuel to David to Jesus. Take this cup from me. Not my will, but your will be done. He knew what he had to face. We think of the Hebrews 11 passage of that hall of fame of people that gave their lives to God. It says that others trusted in God and were mistreated, mocked, and tortured. doesn't seem to go together. They trusted in God and they were mocked and persecuted and mistreated. But I want to say, in all of this difficulty, in all of this wrestling, and I'm not... Saying that this is not a thing you one has to wrestle through and find your own answer for your life. I want to tell you a key little verse which I think is so wonderful, and it's found in the story of Daniel when he and his friends were about to be thrown into that blazing furnace. And it says, um, Remember, and they said, because they didn't want to worship these other idols, and Daniel says, If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. But, even if he does not, we want you to know, O King, that we will not serve your gods. These young men, their faith was not based on what they wanted, on getting what they wanted. They had learned to trust even in the if not They could say with Job, even though he slay me, yet will I praise him. I'm not preaching easy stuff this morning. I'm not saying I've got this done, packed in my own life. I'm just saying there's some parts of God we can't put into a neat little box. Our lives don't always make sense in neat boxes. Go and read Ecclesiastes. He says life doesn't make sense. Life is absurd. Good things come to good and bad people, and so do bad things come to good and bad people. It doesn't always make sense. Life's like that. Stop trying to find the cause for your pain and suffering. Maybe it's just the fact that God is saying, you can love me even if I don't meet your needs. I'm enough. I don't know why he does that. Sometimes he does that. And I want to say, I know people say this, and I think it's a backhanded compliment, that if God's taking you through such a time, that actually it's because he, he sees something in you that can handle that kind of test. But I want to encourage you, God will not leave you. And if you're disappointed with him, just tell him. It's okay. You can tell him. You, you feel like he's let you down. It seems that way, but you will see in the end with Job, he restored to Job more than he could ever have imagined after that time of testing. I want to just end now with how to deal with disappointment. I am totally against 10 lists and principles because life doesn't work according to principles and lists and rules of things you should do. We live and we walk by the Holy Spirit. These are things that I've just felt and prayed as I've been preparing. So if you feel like the Holy Spirit encourages you with one of these, then that's the thing that you need to say, God, help me with this thing. But please don't write down these lists and say, I've got to do all these. No, it doesn't work like that. Let Be led by the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want to say, admit that you have been disappointed. It's okay to say it. It's okay to say, that person let me down. They shouldn't have, but they did. Admit it. God, you, where are you? I feel like you're letting me down. And recognize those symptoms that I mentioned, that actually those are symptoms of disappointment. Sometimes you don't understand all the emotion you're wrestling with. But maybe this morning God is putting his finger on something where you feel let down. Though human plans can be derailed, nothing alters God's purpose. No matter how deep your hurt goes, he will shepherd you through setbacks and sorrows while growing your faith. And I want to say one of the things you need to do if you've been disappointed is reaffirm God's good intentions and plans for your life. Remind yourself again, he has good things for me. And start to speak that over your life and speak it over your circumstances. And then I want to also say, set yourself free by forgiving yourself, others or God by reflecting on what Christ has done for you. We're going to have a time where we break bread, and we were just talking earlier about that the bread is a picture to us that Jesus' body was broken, and those little cups of, I know it's not wine, but of juice are a picture to us that he shed his blood. He did that so that you can be free from, from unforgiveness, and yet you can forgive others, and you can be forgiven. Why don't you allow that when you take communion? If that's what you need to do, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And then I want to say, because anger is such a real part of disappointment, ask God to help you break a stronghold of anger in your life. What does it say? Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your anger, lest you give the devil a foothold. And, uh, I always believe just that little bit of anger, unresolved. It's so much easier to get angry again and again and again. And before you know it, you're just flaring up and reacting to anything. It's because there's unresolved anger. And it's become a stronghold, not just a foothold. And you know how we break that? We repent of it. We acknowledge that it's there. And we ask God to come and set us free. If you need someone to pray with you, then do that as well. Confess your sin and say, God, I want this, my life to be set free from always being angry. And then give thanks in all situations. Start saying thank you to God for the good things in your life for God using the difficult and disappointing things to give you a greater experience of his faith and his kindness towards you. Do you always see the glass half full or is it half empty? Start saying, actually, my glass is half full. Stop looking at the empty part of the glass. Start saying, thank you. There's so much to be grateful for. Um, there are 10 of these. I'm sorry if it seems a bit long-winded. I'm just, this one is renew your mind. And uh, I believe that we really need to be those who put a robust theology into our lives. That we start reading the word that builds us up and encourages us in the truth of the gospel. That we keep ourselves free from condemnation and legalism that binds us up. And not read pop theology about how to get rich. Because when you lose your money, then that thing's not going to hold you. Root yourself in the fact that God is for you no matter whether you're rich or poor. Those are the kinds of things we need to root ourselves in. And then get perspective. Get perspective. Do you know the Chinese symbol for crisis? I don't know what it looks like. but It's the same symbol they use for opportunity. What is your crisis could also be an amazing opportunity for God to do something. I was looking at this webpage for little children and helping them to deal with disappointment. And it said, every child needs to get in this school, they were looking at this program, every child needs to get a positive perspective buddy. And I think that's not a bad idea. It's good for us to have a positive perspective buddy. Someone that you can talk to, they just make you see things clearer. They just say, come on, it's not that bad. Come on, you can see... That eagle eye view, I can see what God's doing. Don't get your head down, start looking up. And ask God to give you someone like that in your life. It just helps you just see the bigger picture instead of looking down at the ground. And I want to say the other way we get perspective is worship. When we worship, we see heaven, we see heaven's perspective, we see what God sees. Take time to just allow yourself to to saturate yourself in worship. God will change your disappointments into great possibilities and joy. If I look at myself, I am depressed. If I look at those around me, I am often disappointed. If I look at my circumstances, I am discouraged. But if I look at Jesus, I am constantly and consistently and eternally fulfilled. And the last thing I want to say, get back on your bike. Get back on your bicycle. I remember when Jesse was learning to ride his bike in the park, he fell off so many times. And I remember him standing there, this little guy saying, I'm not getting back on that bike. And we were going, you will get back on that bike. And we had this argument and eventually now he rides to school every day. Why? Because he got back on his bike. People will let you down. You'll feel disappointed. It's guaranteed. People in the church will hurt you. It's guaranteed. Because none of us are perfect yet. But get back on your bike. Don't withhold your love. Don't withhold your affection. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? They let me down. I'm not letting anyone into my little world because I'm not letting anyone do that to me again. No, it's not how it works. Let God heal you and open your heart again and get back on your back. You've got a wonderful journey to go on an adventure with the people that God has put around you. Octavius Winslow said this, and I'm ending with this. Let your condition be ever so extreme, human friendship disappointing you. Earthly supplies failing you. Human sympathy refused you. And dark despair enthroned grimly and coldly upon your heart. Yet there is hope in God. Yet there is hope in God. I am in preparing. I had a prophetic picture of a pipe that was filled with stones of disappointment. And the water couldn't run through it. It had blocked the pipe. I believe God wants to come and make you a conduit again of his grace, of his love, of his freedom, of his healing. But he's going to start to take out your disappointments with yourself, where you feel like you've let yourself down, with others, even where you feel like, God, I don't understand you right now. He's going to take away the stones and he's going to make you a conduit of his love and his grace.